You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. bleed green are you an ultimate eagles football fan well you're in the right place well you're in the right place this is birds 365 hosted by the new mac and mac jody mcdonald and john mcmullen here we go here we go who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. It is a Birds 365 morning here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Hope you liked our new open. Uh, yeah, what'd you get out of that, Jody? Now, it was great, but you know, all I got out of that is we're old. That's all I got out of that. Combined 50-plus like, years yeah. of watching the Eagles between yeah. you and I? Yeah, uh, that's all know. I got. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. The truth is the truth. When in doubt, tell the, the truth. truth. Another truth is that uh, Xander Krause, the outstanding producer of this show since its inception over a year ago, decided to abdicate his throne and has moved on to other Jacob Media product, felt so badly that he left us at the altar that he felt the need to make us this new cool open. So got to love Xander for uh, slapping that together. Uh, Do enjoy it. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you're here to see it and listen to it every single morning. Leading up to the Eagles' first game of the season, Johnny Mac, you know, every single day on my little show sheet here, I write down two things. You know, yeah, where are we, Jody? Where 365. Are we? we are up to show number 267. Ooh. You and I have done this. You miss a couple, I miss a couple, but for the most part, we've done. The show itself is aired, 200, this will be the 267th airing, um, mostly you and I. And we are down to 130 days until... The first Sunday of the NFL season, assuming Eagles aren't going to be playing on the opening Thursday night, they'll be playing that Sunday. So the countdown is on 
Howie Roseman likes to continue to remind us that it's a very long offseason of acquiring talent and putting together a roster. So he's still got 130 days to go before they will take the field as the Philadelphia Eagles. They did a lot of upgrading the NFL draft and thereafter, but they still have some question marks that they got to answer and or holes they have to fill between now and that first Sunday in May. And uh, they did lose one yesterday. We had that right at the end of the show. Um, if the Brown quarterback goes on to become a star quarterback, are we going to get on Howie Roseman's case? That they had him within their grasp, and then they quote-unquote did the right thing and allowed him out of the verbal <laughs> the commitment Brown, he meant to go. If the Brown quarterback, yeah. Um, no, I think we're going to be fine. Now, if Kyle Hamilton turns into a star, then we're going to have an issue. Uh, if he turns into, you know, it could be uh, Earl Thomas part two, uh, if Kyle Hamilton turns into a superstar in Baltimore, which, you know, you, you and I both think he's a pretty good player. Um, you know, but the Eagles were focused in on Jordan Davis. That's the player they want. That's the player they got. And they got the player they wanted. So it's always about evaluation. All these things is always about evaluation. So I constantly say that, Jody. The Eagles are great at valuation. No, we. The evaluation is to be determined, but man, they get stuff right. And that leads us to one of our first stories. <laughs> They're going to lose another front office executive. And the reason why they keep losing front office executives, people, is because they do things the right way. They generally make decisions that make sense is what I always uh, describe it as. Whereas if you look at New Orleans, for instance, and Hey, they might have got a great player in Chris Olave, but I know they gave up three picks in the 100s, you know, like early 100s, plus a first-round pick next year, plus a second-round pick in 2024, essentially for Chris Olave. So I don't care if he's Devontae Adams. The value isn't there at that point when you're giving up that much for that particular player, unless that particular player is a quarterback. Um that's why the Eagles keep losing front office executives. All right, let, let's talk about Catherine Grace. <clears throat> and then, believe it or not, I'm going to come to the defense of Mickey Loomis. Uh, but uh, we got, <laughs> we'll get to, that, we get to that in a second. Randy does. Randy Mueller does. But they're good friends. Right, they're buddies. Uh, I don't yeah. know if, if, if he tapped me on my shoulder here in my studio and came up, I don't even know that I would recognize Mickey Loomis. So I'm just evaluating, giving my football opinion on where the Saints are at. Um, Catherine Raich is it kind of a, in a circular thing is going to the Cleveland Browns. They haven't specifically designated her title, but it's for a very important front office position of the, for the Browns. It's probably the same position that was held by the former Vikings, now Vikings general manager. Uh, yeah. Dupo <laughs> moved to Kwesi, who moved to Minnesota and left the Browns. So that opened up his position Underneath Andrew Berry and the Cleveland organization, that's probably what Catherine Catherine Rice is uh, moving into. Again, some of these time these titles uh, overlap, and <clears throat> one team's designation of a title isn't exactly the same as another team's. Uh, but she has decided to move on to join Andrew Berry in Cleveland. 
Um, she was the highest ranking official, female official in the National Football League. So she is certainly that with the Cleveland Browns. If not up a notch, can't really be higher than the highest one, can you? I guess no, you can. No. Uh, well, you the, can't. And by the way, she was second here. So she's going to, on the on the football side, she was second here. Uh, and she's going to be second there. So a bit of a lateral move, but I would assume she's just uh, more comfortable with Andrew. I mean, she came to Philadelphia. Um, you know, basically, the Eagles, when they hired Andrew Burry, they knew he wasn't going to be here long. They knew he was going to get another GM job. No, another rental property? Is that what you're yeah, telling me? Another John, rental, where they're no, renting Jonathan Gannon? Another rental. Uh, and they hired Catherine Rach basically to shadow Andrew Berry when he was here to take over the job uh, when he left, when he ultimately left. And that's exactly what happened. And I can only speculate. I mean, she's she she was the vice president of football operations here. So he's in number two uh, to Howie Roseman. And there she's going to be number two to Andrew Berry. So. And she's Canadian. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe she wants to be a little closer to, to Montreal. I don't know. Is it closer? I don't even know. No, I, 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 I think Montreal is closer to Philadelphia. Than yeah, it is the exactly. Closer. So who knows? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know why people make the decisions that make the decisions. But I do know this, Jody. Um, <laughs> people keep coming to the Eagles for front office executives. I mean, it, it, it is to the point of absurdity. And yet only people in this town think the GM stinks. So, you know, look in the mirror is all I would say to those people. I would uh, agree with you across the board there. Um, and the guy we got to give a little credit to. You're right. Howie's going to get the majority of the credit. He had a great draft. And he is a major mover and shaker in selecting the individuals who are working underneath them in the Eagles front office. Um, he is the guy who helps to groom them. And they got to go into job interviews and sell themselves. So how he <clears throat> prepares them for that to go elsewhere. So he gets a lot of credit for it. Jeff Laurie did point that out, that that's part of the general manager's job is to select, groom, and bring along the people who are working underneath them. So that is a, a star in, in Howie Roseman's column. And also in Jeff Laurie's, because we get our occasional Jeff Laurie uh, edict uh, where he talks to the media for extensive periods of time. And uh, sometimes I think he can turn a 10 or 15 minute conversation into 55 minutes because he does like to expand and uh, easily, and, easily. Uh, he can go. Yeah. Jeffrey doesn't worry about filling an hour. Let's put it that way. That's uh, easy for him. Exactly. Correct. <laughs> and I wonder if uh, when, when you're taking it all in, if he's not gilding the lily and overselling, he's right about the general manager position. When he said it uh, mm. last year when they fired Doug Peterson, that they've kind of graduated from the quarterback factory to the general manager factory, that they've got five or six guys on the staff right now that someday could be GMs in the National Football League. I kind of rolled my eyes and said, uh, he's, he's giving guys pats on the back, which is nice. A little positive reinforcement for the troops. Damn if they haven't been leaving Philadelphia like uh, the plague is here. Uh, two executives leave before the draft. Uh, now Catherine Raish is gone. We continue to speculate that Andy Weidel could become the general manager of the Steelers. Who are they going to hire to take up the... Hey, they should have some pretty damn good applicants. 
Because if I'm a guy in the NFL who's an executive, <laughs> I'm looking for a job. Philadelphia seems to be a launching pad. I want to land there so I can go somewhere else and step up in another job thereafter. Are they going to just promote people from within? Do you think how he's got his eyes on some execs on other teams around the league? They do have to fill these roles, and you have to have confidence in how he can do it. I'm just wondering if you got any uh, insights as to who those people might yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, well, just from a number standpoint, they have to add from outside the organization because they've lost uh, so many people. If Andy, as you said, uh, comes on to that as well, uh, you can't just promote from within, it would seem. Um, but there are going to be more changes in lower roles that haven't been reported yet. I've been told that, and we'll see. And this is the time of year, I always say, scouting, the calendar for scouting in the personnel department is 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 different from the rest of the NFL. It goes from not season to season. It goes from draft to draft. So all the contracts expire in, in May after the drafts, usually about two weeks after. Um, and you'll see it all over the league. Uh, Neil Stratton does this, you know, he's probably the best at it, does this inside the league newsletter, um, which keeps an eye on scouts who a lot of people don't know. And there's tremendous churn every every year, about two weeks after the draft. Chicago Bears already started, uh, if you noticed yesterday, uh, with the new GM and, and Ryan Poles. And he was one of the guys who pilfered one of the Eagles. And Ian Cunningham is assistant GM there. Yep. So he already made some changes. Um, so you're going to see this in the coming days. As far as the Eagles, you know, they do have Dave Caldwell, the former GM in Jacksonville. Uh, they brought him in last year. Um, I don't know if they were happy with him. If they were happy with him, I, I think he would be a candidate for one of these positions. Um, certainly done it before, certainly understands it. Um, they gave Alan Wolking a a ton of of credit for you know the Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean picks. Um, he's the uh, director of college scouting. Um, I think he would he might be a candidate uh, for for promotion. Anthony Patch, who's Alan's boss, he would be uh, obviously a candidate. He would be the next in line to take over Ian. Uh, Cunningham and Brandon Brown's jobs, and they were co-directors of player personnel. Um, so, you know, these are not names Eagles fans are probably all that familiar with, but um, they probably weren't all that familiar with Ian Cunningham and Brandon Brown till they left, and, you know, everybody said, hey, they're leaving. <laughs> um, it's one of those things where personnel people are not in front of the camera very often. And usually when it is, it's only Andy Weidel. Um, but, you know, they're very deep. I talk about it all the time. 31, I, I checked it up when I was laughing about the Bengals and how small Duke Tobin's uh, uh, department is out there because they don't spend money. And those are the, uh, those are the behind-the-scenes, outside-the-margin things the Eagles always talk about. There is no salary cap. In a right. front office, you can do whatever you want. And the Eagles and Jeffrey Lurie, that's where Jeffrey Lurie deserves all the credit in the world. He does not uh, pinch pennies when it comes to things like where he can get a significant, significant advantage 
And he has a significant advantage as evidenced by the fact that when everybody needs an executive, the first call they make is Philadelphia. And uh, another big Eagle executive has moved on, and there could be another yet to come in Andy Weidel. All right, let me ask you about one more guy um, in the Eagles front office whose role may be changed or advanced. One of the other things that Jeff Lurie was actually surprisingly willing to talk about uh, the last time that we heard from him in one of his uh, reach outs to the Eagle uh, masses was Julian Lurie, the owner's son, who is going through a training period in the Eagles executive offices. Uh, everyone believes, assumes, knows that at some point Julian Laurie is probably going to be the man who takes over the Philadelphia Eagles when his dad steps aside. And his dad is getting up there in years. Um, he has been uh, more prominently mentioned over the last 12 months than previously. Still a very young man, but um, it seems like he is on track to become the man through the Eagles organization. Does he just kind of touch base and see how everything works the way he has over the past year? Or do you think the Eagles are going to try and put him into a specific role? Having that type of a background surely wouldn't hurt when he eventually gets the old man's big chair. Uh, do you think Julian Laurie will have a more defined role? No. And maybe fill one of these roles. No, open absolutely up the not. They don't want anybody paying attention to anything Julian Laurie does. They're not going to put any microscope they're he's not going to he's give, under the he's under the radar guy they're, Just, they're the, not the gonna, name gives him doesn't give him protection enough they're they're not going to give any title to julian laurie until he shows up one day in that big chair and then we're gonna whoop all right julian's gonna take over day to day that's okay. how it's gonna happen they're not going to no they're not going to give any kind of title. And Jeffrey's kind of said that, really. Not, he hasn't, he, but he's intimated, like, this is just, you know, we want him to get his stick of speed into each, you know, kind of learn about each part of the business. He's not going to sit and, and, and become vice president of football operations. He's going to be running the whole show. So, I mean, he's going to be, he's going to be Jeffrey Laurie. So he's not, he doesn't have to deal with that kind of stuff. The, I, I guess the more interesting part to me is anytime you have people leaving, you get these little power vacuums. And one of the ones, not necessarily now because everything's copacetic it, after the Doug Peterson um, era ended and, and Nick and Howie are best friends you see at the podium all the time and they're joking around and, um, Alec Hallaby as the, you know, uh, uh, VP of this organization, you know, kind of rubbed Doug Peterson in the, in the personnel department a little bit the wrong way. And he's very close to uh, Julian Laurie and, and therefore he's very close to Jeffrey Laurie. Interesting to see if he could try to fit into that power vacuum. That could be something to keep an eye on. He moves from the analytics department to a more hands-on scouting department because he is Mr. Analytics, right? Yes, that, that, uh, and that would probably not be a good thing. <laughs> but, 
I was going to try and weasel the Julian Laurie in. I think he'd be an easier fit seeing as his last name is what it is than Alec Calaby. But we shall see. Um, one other quick note before we get up our first guest. Mike Gill from the Sports Pass 97.3 down the shore is scheduled to join us. Um, John Mack, before the day is out, you may know if you actually do need that passport of yours. Uh, they already announced early this morning before we ever started here on Birds 365 that the Germany game this year will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Seattle Seahawks. We knew the Seahawks were going to be the host. Who are they going to be playing? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brady does Germany in November for the NFL season. They're going to announce all five of the international games, three in London, uh, the Germany game, and also a game in Mexico, which is supposed to be hosted by the Arizona Cardinals. And the Eagles play Arizona in Arizona this year. So there is the chance that the Eagles will be traveling out of country this year, not heading across the pond, but heading south down to Mexico. Are you rooting for that, McMullen? Uh No, not personally. I, I I imagine it would be fun. They they also announced, they just announced the London games a couple minutes ago. Oh, did they? Um, Do you have them in front of you? Uh, yeah. Um. October 2nd at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, uh, Minnesota versus New Orleans. So New Orleans is the home team. Um, October 9th, again at Tottenham, uh, New York Giants versus Green Bay Packers. Mm. And the Packers will be the home team there. And then October 30th at Wembley, the home field of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the, the Jags will host the Denver Broncos. So there's our, your London games. Okay, so we've only got one game left to go. That would be the Mexican game, and it could very well be the Philadelphia Eagles and Johnny Mack having to go with uh, Sun Protection 47, uh, <laughs> a.k.a. indoors uh, for JM if he's got to head down there, even if it is an October or November game. It'd be pretty hot in Mexico. Uh, we'll probably have that announcement for you before we wrap up Birds 365 here today. We got to get our first time out in, then we'll be joined by one of our amigos. He wears a lot of sun protection down the shore as well. Uh, that's where he does his daily show, the Sports Bash. Mike Gill up next here on Birds 365. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on Xfinity. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
Lincoln Financial Field is home to more than just our hometown team. It's a landing place for dreams. Invest in the future of our students from all over Philadelphia and get an exclusive tour of the stadium at the Block's Aspire to Dreams Gala, hosted by Brian Taff of 6ABC. While we aspire to build, our students aspire to dream. Join us for the Block's Gala on Thursday, May 5th at Lincoln Financial Field. Seats are limited, so reserve yours today at blocks.org slash gala. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Back, guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Hit that like button, do the sharing thing, uh, give your boys a little bit of assist with their algorithm these days. Here to lend a helping hand is our buddy from down the shore, host on his uh, Sports Fast show 97.3 down the shore. Mike Gill jumps aboard here on Birds 365. MG. Been a minute since we last had you on. The Eagles have made some moves, certainly the draft and the signees thereafter. How much better a team of the Philadelphia Eagles than when last we spoke? I'm going to guess about a month ago, maybe five weeks, somewhere thereabouts. Well, morning, guys. And um, I would say that they are a significantly better team than the one that left the field in Tampa Bay. And, you know, I was going through the, you know, yesterday on my show, we kind of went through the depth chart to see where other than the corner and safety spot, which, you know, was obviously something that, as Howie said, you, we're, they're a little bit more excited than we are. Where do they have a spot where you're like, eh, they're really, you know, I think the biggest question now is the quarterback. They've gotten basically two receivers. Of, uh, the, the slot spot should be a nice little fun battle with, Pascal and Watkins and whatever they do with Rager. Uh, Goddard and the running backs are solid. The offensive line, I mean, their backup offensive line is better than most teams starting five. The defensive side of the ball, I mean, they're going to throw guys at you. Derek Barnett, who's not very popular, he's going to be like the fifth or sixth guy on the depth chart, was a number one pick, started in, you know, a ton of games. Their linebacking room is going to be like a steel cage match on who's going to get on the field. Other than the, the one corner and the and the safety spot, they're very solid. You couldn't say that a year ago where you went around the depth chart and said, well, that guy's good and this guy's good and we got depth here. I think they're significantly better than they were uh, when they left the field. 
Oh, op, op, optimism. I yeah. love it so Mind you guys, now. I had yeah. them making the playoffs on this very show last year. I was a little yeah. bit more optimistic than most. Than most. We had, what did we have, Jody? We had eight. We both thought eight and nine. Eight they went, ended up yeah. nine and eight, uh, but eight and we nine wasn't going to get to the yeah. playoffs. And nine and eight did get the Eagles in the playoffs. So give Mike Gill credit if he said they were going to make the playoffs. They did. Yeah. All right. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I've been too nice to the Eagles lately. It's time to change, Jody. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting too nice in my old age. You, you mentioned Gil's bringing it out of you coming yeah. on talking like the Eagles yeah. are going to be in the a NFC championship game here. I wouldn't I mean, be surprised. Those, those holes are, are pretty significant at, at corner and safety. And I would argue you're right. There's certain guys and specifically when the Eagles talk at safety, they're talking about Marcus Epps, and for whatever reason, he's one of those players the fan base hasn't latched on. I always find it interesting to see who they latch on to, who they don't. I right. think he's their best safety. I think he's better than Anthony Harris, to be honest. Agreed. But they do need another safety. They do need another corner. There's also some things people don't think about that they're really, really bad at. Punning. <laughs> Aaron Sipos, they didn't yeah. do anything. They haven't even brought in an undrafted free agent. He was terrible down the stretch last season. Their return game, awful. Now, they did bring in Devin Allen. We'll see. Olympic hurdle guy. They they signed the kid from Utah as an undrafted free agent. They're bringing in some competition, but this isn't exactly, you know, Devin Hester or Cordell Patterson. Um, and that's not that big part of a game, so it's not sexy. Coverage teams. Um, that's why they drafted the kid in the sixth round because they couldn't cover kick to save their lives last year. Um, these are all boring things, but these are things championship teams tend to do well. So when you start talking about potential NFC championship berths, I think things like that could really, really hamper Philadelphia. Well, and you know, you saw what happened at Green Bay in the yeah. NFC Championship. They couldn't yeah. – their special teams were horrible. I'm not saying it's a complete team. The NFC is very watered down. Um, I think it's a much better team than you saw last year. But see my hat here, guys? No offseason. There's no offseason. That means they're not done putting this team together. Uh, I think you'll see them much like last year. You know, we talked – if we if I was doing your show every day, I'm sure it would come up. Who's going to play opposite Slay? Well, until they finally found somebody before training camp started. So I oh, think yeah, we talked about it. Every right, day. right. <laughs> so I think eventually you'll know, they'll they'll you know there's some veteran guy who will get released, and you're like, why did that guy get released? And and they'll you know something to that effect. I agree with you, John. Epps is probably the best safety they have. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they feel pretty comfortable playing Epps. The question is. If Epps or Harris get hurt, they're average there. If one of those guys get hurt, then they take a big yeah. drop off from an <laughs> average group. Now, I don't, I don't know what everybody's thought is on this, but the concept is adding Jordan Davis and what he brings should help the looks in the secondary and change the roles of the safeties as we saw them last year so they're not counted on as much to do as much as they had to last year. So Davis, what he brings, I mean, if we remember back to that whole Fletcher Cox, uh, well, I get paid to rush the passer. There have, basically, he was trying to ask Fletcher Cox to do what he wants Jordan Davis to do, and Fletcher Cox is saying, yeah. well, that's not what I get paid to yeah. do. 
Well, now they drafted a guy that's going to get paid to do what I wanted you to do. Thanks for opening your mouth, big guy. Now you're going to have to watch this guy take up space because that's what we wanted you to do. How does that change the concepts in the secondary? That, to me, is very interesting. Do they feel comfortable enough saying, we, need, we don't need a guy. We could use a lesser guy on the outside if we use split concepts out there because we brought in a bunch of guys that that's what they excel in. They might not be guys you know, but that's what kind of style they played in college, and that's what we're going to go with. So I think the Davis thing really changes the dynamics. Whatever preceived conceptions you have of John Gannon probably should go out the window. You can start judging him based on the personnel he has now. That's well, fair. they're renting them, Mike. They're renting them. Remember yeah. that. Yeah, this, this is this could be the last season of Gambling yeah. here. So he better get it right this year and open some eyes if he wants to make like all the other Eagles executives in the front office and just get up and leave. Um, I, I hear what you're saying, but is that good enough? Uh, it, John keeps pointing out Marcus Epps, their best safety. Okay, does that make Marcus Epps good enough? Just because he's better than Anthony Harris, if you're starting with a low bar, how high do you have to raise the bar just to be better than him? I'm still thinking safety's a weak position. A lot of people were optimistic that the Honey Badger could add land here. They had the good draft that they had. They brought in a uh, top 12 wide receiver in the game. They were an inviting team to evaluate if you're a free agent say, hey, I could join them. We could do things in the playoffs. Honey Badger decided to go home how he can preach patience, but what free agent is sitting out there as a safety guy? Stephen Nelson was out there all last year. John and I would mention Stephen Nelson at least once a show for about a month and a half, if not two months. Quarterback two, Stephen Nelson, still available, and boom, they finally got him. And patience was absolutely the right move by Howie. Who are we waiting for at safety? Well, right now in the free agent market, probably nobody. Um, I mean, you got some veteran guys at corner, like a Joe Hayden, who's what, 34 years old. I think you're more waiting for, you know, some June 1st guys, guys who, you know, Bradbury, his name's being mentioned as being released. Guys like that, where you're kind of surprised that, man, they, they didn't have room for him. They couldn't figure out a way to make it work. And, you know, you're hoping something like that ends up happening. So I agree with you, Jody. This isn't a complete team. Well, you asked me if they're better than the team that left the field last year. I think yeah. it's a significantly better team than the one that left the field in Tampa Bay. You know, think about how unathletic they were at times at linebacker. You know, T.J. Edwards is a good athlete. Um, Alex Singleton's a guy who works hard. They they were the last two linebackers that played in a playoff game, for God's sakes. I mean, I'm interested to see. I think that's a huge training camp. Nicobe Dean, who who gets paired with who? Is it Dean and Taylor? Is it Kazier White and Dean? You remember the last time I was on, they signed Kazier White. So whenever that was, yeah, yeah. back in March uh, 18th, 19th, 20th, sometime around there. I'm like a savant with these dates, man. And <laughs> I love the White signing because it brought them an athlete. All right, well, now what athletes play together? And the amount of different Odd fronts, I think you can throw. You could have a Jordan Davis eating up space with Fletcher Cox and uh, Barnett and Graham and Sweat. And then don't forget Reddick's hanging around somewhere. And Milton Williams is a kid who showed a lot of promise. <laughs> Javon Hargrave, I have it mentioned in that group there. So you might be able to get five, which means what? I don't have to blitz. I don't have to send guys. We don't have to scream about not blitzing as much because they should have some odd front looks where they get their pressure. 
And that makes the corners and safeties not have to have as much pressure to cover. So I agree. They need better personnel in the back. But I think their scheme should be more conducive to not having the best personnel, if that makes sense. All right. Let's talk about Howie's strategy for the draft, Mike. And, you know, I applaud it. Uh, targeting, um, go up a few spots to get Jordan Davis. Then you get the proven producer uh, by tra- trading 18 and a third round pick for A.J. Brown. Ultimately, though, they lost significant volume in the draft. Tur- 10 picks turned into five. And you know, from being on the air every day, you have these fans that just want draft picks, draft picks, draft picks, draft picks. I want this guy, this fourth rounder is going to be a star. Then they forget about Kayvon Wallace three years down the road, and they say, this fourth round pick is going to be a star. Um <laughs> To me, if you can get difference makers, you get difference makers. What's your philosophy there? Totally agree. Um, This whole – the world we live in is a what's behind door number two world until you don't like what's behind door number two, and then I want to see what's behind door number three. And typically, (laughs) we don't want what's behind door number three either. We'll say, I'll go back to door number one if you'll offer it to me. (laughs) Nope, that one's out the window. You're stuck with number three. So I think – the only pick I'm a little iffy on, and you mentioned this, John, you were on my show and, and mentioned Jurgens. is um, I get it. Jason Kelsey liked Jurgens. He endorsed the pick, and they liked Jurgens. Jason Kelsey should also realize he was a sixth-round pick and that the value of what was possibility, what they possibly could have added in that spot as opposed to taking the heir apparent to the center spot. You could tell me he could play guard. I haven't talked to anybody who thinks that that's accurate. But if you want to try him at guard, great. Have a blast. I didn't find the value there. He might be a 10-year All-Pro. Jason Kelsey was, too. He was in the sixth round. That's the one pick I'm a little iffy on in terms of value. Um, but I, I think, you know, I like the Jordan Davis. I know Hamilton was there. But they obviously value what Davis will do for the rest of the defense more than adding the safety. So I'm okay with that. A.J. Brown's a to me, is a no-brainer. I've had some people say – well, you should have just stayed at 18 and taken Traylon Burks. That's the I'll take what's behind door number two no, mentality. Yeah, Give me yeah. what's behind door number one. I don't need to open door number two. I don't need a bomb blowing up in my face. I already got the car I want right there. So I like that. I think they did a really good job early in the draft. The second round pick, I'm not in love with the value aspect of it. Might be a good player. Nicobe Dean, you know, he just changes, the, to me, changes the linebacker room. I talked about who you're going to play together. So I like the strategy they put together in the draft. Now, I'm probably one of the few people that come on this show that has my type of job that I don't have a problem with Howie Roseman. I'm not a Howie hater. I don't think he's been the problem. In fact, I think he showed again. If you had someone else running that draft this weekend, you would have had some boring vanilla bunch of picks that you would have been like, "Eh, we're really any better. No, they made a big jump in talent. Bold move by Howie Roseman for sure. And yeah, between the three of us, there's there's no Howie haters here. Uh, and I will defend uh, the second round pick of Jurgens. I remember John has gone to this like, oh, 10 times since last year, and he's 100% right. Last year, the Giants took a wide receiver in the first round and came back and took an edge player in the second round. The wide receiver, people said, whoa, he didn't really need to go that high. And the edge guy fell down a little bit because there were question marks. If you just flopped the two picks, 
if they had taken the edge guy in the first and the wide receiver in the second, everyone would have, everyone would have said, hey, good job. Who cares if they both end up on your team? Does it matter where they were actually uh, selected? No, so if I, I I'm tell just... you, all I, if I tell you, Nicobe Dean was their pick in the second round, and Jurgens was their pick in the third round, you would have said, "Howie Roseman, genius! He hit them, hit them both out of the park. Who cares? They both ended up as Eagles. Doesn't matter where they were picked." Oh, you're right about that. My point is that you know. I don't, I'm not saying Jurgen's the player. I'm saying maybe I could have taken someone in the second round. Uh, you know, maybe I get that safety or corner. Now, there wasn't a lot available there. I'll agree with Roseman there that if they did take a safety or corner, they might have been reaching in that spot. I'm just saying, value wise, I think you probably could get a center, maybe where you took uh, Karon Johnson or, I mean, I like Calcaterra actually. So I think he has a shot to make the team and make a little bit of an impact. Um, well, let's talk about Howie, Mike, because you obviously, like Jody, cover all Philadelphia sports, and you have seen the struggles of certain other organizations. And um, the Eagles haven't been great since the Super Bowl championship, but I think the key there is since the Super Bowl championship, <laughs> they did win one. Uh, it seems like every time somebody's looking for a front office executive, Catherine Raish being the latest, the first call is to Philadelphia. Where is the disconnect in this, in, in the Delaware Valley, in this market with Eagles fans versus what the rest of the league thinks about Howie Roseman in the Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, I said this on my show last week. There was a stat that got put up on the screen that the Detroit Lions haven't won a playoff game in 30 years, a playoff game. I said, if they hired Howie Roseman tomorrow, he could walk on water in Detroit. He would be the greatest single hire in the history of their franchise. And here, people think he's the antichrist. <laughs> and to me, you ask, what's the disconnect? I think it's simple. If his name wasn't Howie Roseman, and he didn't look the way he looked and talked the way he talked, he would be appreciated more. People simply say, there's no way that guy knows anything about football. And the whole, he's not a football guy. That's what it comes down to. If his name was Joe Douglas, for instance, and had a beard <laughs> and he was a little heftier, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But because he doesn't look like the part, I think people in Philadelphia just can't connect with him. Because, as I said, Detroit hasn't won a playoff game in 30 years think about all the yahoos that they have run through that front office trying to win one playoff game let alone the super bowl following up the super bowl with division championships on years where you're starting to decline going through a rebuild making the playoffs in the rebuild being where you are now where you're watching a show like birds 365 every day of the week because you have a team that you believe can win why because the same guy has been in place for most of this consistency wins. You don't win the championship every year. Look at Pittsburgh. They're probably, you know, thinking, what are we going to do now that we've got to replace Colbert? This guy's been here. They don't win the Super Bowl every year. They don't make the – well, they do make the playoffs a lot of those years, but very similar to the Eagles, very consistent because they have consistency in that spot. Mike G, let me ask you about the dynamic that is the Eagles offense. We know what happened last year. They came in. They wanted to throw the football – they weren't as effective at it as they thought they were going to be, had the losing record early. 
it dawned on Nick Sirianni, you know, we're actually more effective when we just go mano a mano and run the ball. They did. They did it effectively. They got to be the best running team in the National Football League, and it helped get them into the playoffs. But the overall belief of the philosophy of the organization is you want to win another championship, we got to be able to throw the football. So they're going to this year. That's why they laid out the $25 million per for A.J. Brown. He's going to get his uh, certainly uh, looks and, and his catches. What effect does it have on Devonta Smith? Last year was tough for him. He's a rookie coming in. He's already their number one wide receiver and the guy that you're trying to get the ball to, if not forcing the ball to. If you make A.J. Brown your one, and the numbers will dictate as to their actual ranking, but on paper you'd say A.J. Brown, three years under his belt, damn good production is number one. How does it play for Devonta Smith next year at the start of the season? Well, I would imagine he's going to get a lot more looks at somebody's number two guy as opposed to last year where he was the only guy in the whole offense uh, on the outside that you had to worry about. I think it plays well. The question is, how do they disperse the, the, the targets for Brown and Smith? Are they going to be two guys who get, you know, 900 yards each, something to that effect? Or do they throw enough where both those guys – they haven't had a receiver over 1,000 yards since 2014. I mean, so – um, it, it's amazing to hear that in the receiving game, but I think Smith ends up really prospering in this situation. I think he's a guy who's going to be much, he's a very polished receiver to begin with coming into the league, but very frail and small. And I think that's had a little feeling out point, but now having Brown from all accounts, from the people you talk to in Tennessee, this guy was their offense. He was the leader in that room. And, and they, he's a guy who I think is going to help uh, Smith exponentially, as a pro, not talent-wise. The kid has a ton of talent. The guy that I'm interested in, and I know this is going to sound crazy, see a lot of parallels with Rager where Aguilar was. Aguilar was the first-round pick, pick number 20. He was a whipping boy for two years. He was the guy that we wanted behind door number three. Get him out. They moved him subtly to the slot that third year, and he really was a key part of that Super Bowl offense. Especially in like, the Super Bowl. And the Super great Bowl. game in the Super Bowl. Rager has talent. Let's not sit here and say he has no talent. He's been horrible. But maybe you just put him in the slot and say, you're the third guy. You're going to run simple curls. We're going to get you the ball where you can catch and turn up the field. And that's your role on this team. So remember Aguilar, he was horrible for two years. But they got something out of him in that third year. And I'm not even saying Rager's going to make the team or be here or win that role. Watkins, Pascal, Rager might be behind all those guys. But I hope instead of scrubbing your instant mess, your your social media, he blocked me. I got blocked by two receivers this week. Mike. That's awesome. I'm 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 getting a complex, man. Instead of following the leader and scrubbing your social media, take it as. I haven't been good enough, but look what they brought in. I could be a part of this and be a part of it instead of crying about it. That's what I hope for him. I don't envision it, but that's my hope. Uh, real quick, just to let the listeners know, and I know Jody's interested in this, um, uh, Mexico City, it is going to be the San Francisco 49ers in the Arizona Cardinals. So no Eagles in Mexico city, but you did mention at the start of this conversation, Mike, maybe the biggest question mark on this team and the improvement is the quarterback. 
you know, it's interesting where one move in the case of A.J. Brown, all the dominoes fall into place. As you mentioned, all of a sudden, Devontae Smith is, he doesn't have to be a, a wide receiver one. He He's not going to get that best corner on the opposing team, at least early in the season. Um, and he's going to see more single coverage. All of a sudden, you're worried about Quez Watkins as a third receiver, as a, as, as a second receiver, excuse me, as that third one. You can just run by people. Nobody, he's never going to see a double team in his life. Dallas Goddard's a top five tight end. They have a top five offensive line. Miles Sanders is on a contract year. This team loves Kenny Gainwell. They have every single piece in place on the offensive side of the football. How long are you going to give Jalen Hurts in this upcoming season before you know, all right, this is our guy, or we got to go in a different direction? Uh, come to 2023 offseason? Yeah, I think that's a good question because I think you're right. It, this is all now, hey, you have the line, you have a running game, you got the top five tight end, you got two weapons, you've even got you a pretty talented group of slot guys. Now you have to make the plays. When is the threshold of you're not making enough plays? That's a tough one. I mean, do you say, hey, eight games in, hey, we're the offense. Well, and, and by the way, I'm not saying he's going to get benched. He's going to play the whole season. But when are the Eagles going to know this is our guy? You know, that to me is different. Oh, I, I agree. I think it's this year. If he doesn't perform this year, I don't think you get another. Because as you talked about the last time I was on the show, which was pretty eye-opening, you know, you got to worry about paying this guy 30 million bucks. Yeah. You know, so if he's struggling along in this offense, I can't pay him 30. Not to mention, I mean, I think it's set up pretty well that if he doesn't play well, they've got two draft picks. You got quarterbacks in next year's draft. I think this is all on him right now. You perform, you get your $30 million, you're behind door number one. We don't have to worry about door number two. You don't perform, well, now those doors start to get put up, and everybody's going to want to pick one of those doors and not the door you're behind. So, I would think that this is it. This is his year. Um, it's sadly, you know, it's not like it used to be where you get five years to show that you can play in this league. I think this is the year for him. And if he doesn't play, we'll probably be talking in the draft next year about moving up to try to, because I don't think they will be four and No, and they're not going to be bad enough to be in a good position. So how he's going to have to work some magic. Yeah. Uh, if that's the case. But we'll see how it shakes out as far as the other teams go. And we got a long way to go before we get the next year's draft. Um, but I want to ask another uh, Jalen Hurts question. I think we all have a pretty good grasp on it. We'd love to be able to say week eight, week 10, that's the week. We'll judge them. Well, that's a fluid situation, too. I don't know that anyone knows exactly how it's going to play itself out. But it is certainly the judgment year for uh, the quarterback. How much pressure does he feel because of that? This past year, he's taken over for Carson Wentz, who had talked his way out of town, was not a very popular quarterback when he left town. I, I don't want to say he was under no pressure, but it was minimal pressure because he's a second-round draft pick, was picked to be a backup, who's now being thrust in as a starter. This year is a very different dynamic. How do you think Jalen Hurts performs under the pressure that will be this season for him? You know, I think that's what they like about him, Jody, is this guy is unflappable. That's what everybody's liked about him. That's the one thing I think you don't have to worry about. He might be under pressure, but I don't think he's going to show it or let you know it. That's been his M.O. going back to Alabama, bench, backup, transferred, you know, starts at Oklahoma, be the backup. You know, 
that's his story. And for whatever reason, you know, when he talks, when he goes to the podium, he doesn't come off of this guy that has this leadership aura around him. To me, anyway, John, you're in the room. I don't know how much you guys are in the room anymore, but when you watch him on TV and he does this press post game, he just that seems very blah. Whatever he does behind those walls that gets these group of everybody loves the guy. That's all everybody talks about, how much of a leader he is. He must have something innate in him that the Eagles, the front office, the team has said, you're good enough. Because I think by the everybody's eyes, they're saying, eh, this guy's okay. I don't think he's horrible, but I don't think he's a all-pro quarterback. I mean, he's in the middle of the road. But that they have put so much faith to say, we want you – and we're going to build around you and give you everything you need. Normally, it's if you're not good enough, <laughs> then we'll find somebody else. But they seem content on keeping him and just getting him better weapons. So is the pressure on him? Sure. But I don't think he cares. I don't think he realize. I don't know what he doesn't realize it, but I think he just is such a steady Eddie guy that yeah. I don't think you're going to see that, that the pressure is getting to him. Well, I don't, you know it's interesting because he is very guarded on the podium. Yeah. You know, and he's, he's very trained by Nick Saban. You know, they call it rat poison. Don't, you know, don't give in to the rat poison. So he's very cognizant of that. Um, But he, all the little things, you know, we always talk about his work ethic um, and, and that sort of exudes leadership. You know, anytime you talk about, a player coming in, you know, you always get that question. Has anybody from the team contacted you? You know, with AJ Brown, that's obvious. The two are friends and blah, blah, blah. You talk to Jordan Davis, who's a defensive player, right? First guy, Jalen Hurts. Um, he's just got this natural uh, leadership ability. And that's something that I think, because I know I do this in my own personal life. You know, I got to get, back to this guy got to get back to this guy then i'm doing something else and i forget about it and all of a sudden it's two weeks later and i never got back to him he's really really good at keeping people involved um i always say even the 53rd man on the roster the quarterback has got to be in tune with because he wants to be involved and the quarterback is the leader of the team it's one of the things i think carson Wentz struggled with jalen hurts includes everybody it's an interesting dynamic and I don't know if it's innate or if Nick Saban taught him it, but either, or it's, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing to watch. Yeah. And you figure, you know, take a look at another guy who's was notoriously thought to be a leader, a guy like um, Tebow, you know, who did not have great skills. He was in this league because of his leadership ability. And he was a totally different kind of leader on the podium. He was the rah-rah guy. We'll never lose another game. I won't let us happen. So you look at the different leadership qualities, and obviously Tebow couldn't play, and Hurts was kind of in the middle. Uh, the Eagles are drawn to that persona or that personality. And maybe some of it is because the taste we have in our mouth from the guy before, I don't want to go back down that road if I have a guy who can lead our troops. Um, so this is a big year for him. There's no question about it, as you see. They have Minshew behind him. If, if uh, they feel like he just totally isn't the guy, which I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. I mean, I think you have a. I don't know if is he a top ten guy? Probably not. Is he a top fifteen guy? Maybe. 
But what he is is a productive guy. You know, I don't think people thought Bobby Abreu was some great player. But at the end, you're like, man, this guy had some great stats. Some people think he should be in the Hall of Fame, for God's <laughs> sakes. So some people's talent just doesn't, doesn't jump off the page. Everybody wants a first-team All-Pro. If you don't have a first-team, it's like the concept of <laughs> I'm a big process guy. But if you don't win the championship, you might as well be the worst. That's how we evaluate players. If you're not an All-Pro, you suck. I don't want just a Pro Bowl guy. Yeah. I want an All Pro guy. You know that's interesting because, and and this will be my last one. Listen to Mike each and every afternoon on ninety-seven three uh, down the shore. The Sports Bass does a phenomenal job down there. Um, you 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 bring up. I call it the Ricky Bobby mentality. If you're not first, you're last. Yeah. You, you you guys. This probably you can both answer this because you're on. Uh, with fans every day when did that start did, did you see a shift because i remember when the regular season meant something in these sports and if you want to talk about the sixers the legendary sixers celtics rivalry which i think was the best rivalry in sports during the julia serving larry bird era um you know a a, a a regular season game meant something forget about the playoffs now it's uh, we don't have a chance to win the championship. So, and I call it with the Eagles the we're not ready crowd because when they were losing out on players, it was always and Jody knows this. We're not ready. We're not ready for this player. Well, they weren't ready in 2017. Who thought they were ready? Yeah. What, did Did you see a, a or or notice a sea change when fans began? began to take that Ricky Bobby mentality. I'd like to see what it's like in other markets every day. Because here with the Sixers, it was such a polarizing thing. So you, to answer your question, John, maybe around 2013, when it was the whole concept of, well, if we're not going to be any good, we're stuck in the middle. The Sixers were stuck in the middle for 20 years. You know, after Iverson's 2001 run, they never got out of the second round. So... People were apathetic towards the Sixers. Nobody cared. I always the process was a business decision to regain interest in the product. It's not about winning championships. You can never guarantee that, but I can guarantee a way to get fans back in my building. So I market this phrase, and the fans came back because they had something that they can. They, they didn't come back for three years, Mike. Come on. Well, no, but the, the, it was a gamble of we're going to get good, and when we do get good, you're going to come back. People acted like, well, you turned your back on the fans and they're never going to come back. They sell out that building every single night for the last, what, five, six years. They're on television, on national TV. Uh, Mike, Mike, not even close. They don't sell out the building every single night. The Sixers? No, not even close. They sell out a handful of games. Well, they're they're number two in attendance in the entire league. I mean, they're a big arena, but it's more of a percentage thing than an overall thing. Yeah, I mean, they, look, they, they, they've certainly rebuilt it up. They they yeah. took it down and they rebuilt it back up. But uh, we we've, we've seen the they're better than the Flyers. I'll say that every day for three wise. years, the which I never thought. By the way, I never thought I would see the day where the Flyers would struggle with attendance because they had such loyal fans. But here we are. Yeah. Well, it's a I different mean, era. So the point that I'm making is whether they sell out every night or not, the building is electric. It's the place to be. They go into a Sixer game. It's a tough ticket to get. People want to go. They want to be seen. So the concept of it's like everything. Baseball went down the analytic road. Why? Because they were able to start getting more info. 
you had more information and more different ways of doing things. So people started, it's like every, all these fads, you know, launch angle. Okay. Well, I'm going to start teaching launch angle and that's going to be the new thing until somebody figures out a new term to start teaching. And there's a new analytic guy. We kind of grabbed to these things because there's so much information. We didn't have the information in the past. So we just did it the way that it was for 50, 60 years. Soon as the information started to become more prominent. Well, let's see. If my team's stuck in the middle and I just lose, I can get a good player. It might not work, but hey, it's what's behind door number two. It's like a Seinfeld episode. I came back to door number two, Jody. <laughs> I like it. All right, last one for me, Mike. Under over touchdowns for the Eagles lead back, Miles Sanders. Let's see. Last year he had none, zero. <laughs> Goose egg for Miles Sanders. So I'm going to try and be fair and set the number at Seven and a half. Ooh, that's a big number, Jody. It's a big number. I'd say probably under in that situation mm-hmm. because Hertz gobbles up a lot of those rushing touchdowns right. in that area. And you got so many red zone weapons that you might be scoring from 15 yards out now. So I'll, I think Sanders has a pretty big year. Jo, uh, John mentioned the uh, the contract year, but I think you're going to see uh, – you're not going to see seven and a half or seven from, from okay. him. Okay. Yeah, and mm. the reason why I asked, who, who do we have on the other day who said, run Miles Sanders into the ground? Jeff Mosher. Yeah. Mosher. Yeah, it was Mosher said, you might as if, you're well. not gonna, if you're not going to yeah. re-sign him, you might as well get your money out of him. So yeah. I pound Miles Sanders every chance I get. That's why Mo- I said. Mosher's a, a Penn State guy, too. So he, he's he got a little rooting interest in mind. Yeah, if I had I asked think. him, he probably would have said over seven and a half. Uh, but Mike Gill gave you a slight under. Uh, you better get more than he did last year. Let's at least leave it at that. Zero. All right, uh, Mr. Gill, always a pleasure, buddy. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks much. Uh, we will be back in touch again. Now he's going to commit this date to memory so he knows exactly when we bring him back on the show when was the last time we had him on the show. Pretty amazing with that. Mike, thanks for hopping on. All right, guys. Thanks, Mike. Take care. Mike Gill from uh, 97.3 down the shore with the Sports Bash, bashing it up with us here on Birds 365. All right, he's John McBone. I'm Jody McDonald. You're Mac and Mac Birds 365. Coming right back. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on Action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Lincoln Financial Field is home to more than just our hometown team. It's a landing place for dreams. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Invest in the future of our students from all over Philadelphia and get an exclusive tour of the stadium at the Block's Aspire to Dreams Gala, hosted by Brian Taff of 6ABC. While we aspire to build, our students aspire to dream. Join us for the Block's Gala on Thursday, May 5th at Lincoln Financial Field. Seats are limited, so reserve yours today at blocks.org slash gala. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Nagamac guys here on Birds 365. Please hit that like button. Go ahead and punch it for your Mac and Mac buddies. Uh, share, subscribe as well to us here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Thank Mike Gill for coming on board. I uh, got to give him his props. I did look it up. He's right. The Sixers were second in attendance this year. Overall, <clears throat> overall number of people in the building. As I said, it's a little misleading because they got a bigger arena than a lot of other teams in the NBA. They were eighth overall in percentage of full houses they weren't at 100 percent um but they were number two behind only the bulls who also have a big arena uh at total overall attendance now, yeah mike mike and i have had that discussion many times on the air in south jersey uh which we kind of uh we had a legendary brawl at the harris <laughs> resort live but uh uh verbal brawl uh uh, about, you know, and I get his point that it was, you know, the business part. I never, you know, if you win, the fans are coming back. That's never been an issue with me. It, as bad as it was during the years when they just tank, 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 tank. Yeah. I mean, when you get good, they're going to show up um, and they're going to come back. Uh, but, you know, it, it, the larger point to me was, was, is this the best way? Is there another way? My whole issue with the process was this is the only way. This is the only way. There's never an only way in professional sports, even in basketball, which is a lot different from football, but we can, you know, extrapolate that to the Eagles in the NFL. There's never one way. Anybody who tells you this is the only way you can do it, they're selling you snake oil. 
They're selling you snake oil. I'm sorry. They are. I agree wholeheartedly with that. Uh, and part of the problem with doing, and this is not just the 76 ers not just basketball. It's a lot of sports, certainly the quarterback position. Your quarterback goes down in the playoffs. Guess what? You're screwed. Joel and B goes well, down Joel, in the playoffs. Yeah. Guess yeah. what? You're screwed. You're screwed. That's yeah. why the Sixers and, and, like. and, and that's why people do not like this word in, in sports, luck. You need a lot of luck to win a championship. You really do. It, it's part of it. And that's why I've always subscribed to the Andy Reid theory. Andy's theory was build a consistent winner, be there year after year after year after year, and one day the stars will align. Unfortunately for Andy, they didn't align until he got to Kansas City. But that's, I mean, you know, and, and now people are the, the exact opposite. They're disappointed when Kansas City doesn't win because they have Patrick Mahomes. Even Patrick Mahomes, as good as he is, he was downright bad in, in the second half um, against the Bengals. Uh, yeah, against Cincinnati. Yep. Downright bad, Jody. I mean, they were what they were cruising in that game. And again, uh, overstating a case, that game was over. They yeah. won the coin flip. Patrick Mahomes has to go down the field and stick it in the end zone. Oh, except he didn't. So, yeah. boy, but let's go ahead and change our rules anyway. Yeah. Don't get me started on that. Um, and the, your point about luck is dead on right. And uh, I, I'm a little bit of a uh, card playing fan. Like to watch it on TV. Like to play myself or whatever. That's uh, one thing I can't stand about watching on TV. All those players, and they're great, and I know they're better card players than me, and they're smarter, and they dedicate their life to it, and they make better and smarter decisions, but they all think that they're going to win because they are smarter, better and smarter. You can never take luck out of it. No. If 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 a mediocre player keeps getting full houses and he plays it even average, he's going to beat you in 19 out of every 20 times. It's the luck of the cards. None of the players, none of the professionals ever want to accept that and or admit that. That's got nothing to do with luck. It has to all do with skill. No luck can absolutely dictate an outcome. And right now the Sixers got some bad luck with Joel Embiid. All right, but back to the Eagles. I do want to run this one by you. Are you a fan of Dan Hanzus? NFL.com, Dan. Correct. Um I'm not not a fan. I don't I I I don't know Dan that not, well. Not but... not all that moved either way is what no, you're telling exactly. me. Exactly. Um he put out his NFL power ratings. And everybody is. Pick their choose wherever you want to go. CBS, ESPN, uh Yahoo, uh whatever you think of the best, uh sports football writing outlet, sports illustrated with McMullen and Kratz, wherever you want to go. Everybody's got their uh updated power rankings on the NFL out this week because the draft actually took place. You'll be glad to know that the pre-draft rankings and the post-draft rankings, the Philadelphia Eagles have moved up two spot, uh, four spots. It is as large a move as any other team in the National Football League. The most anyone has moved is up four spots. The Eagles were 19th which I think they could have been higher, but that's where they had them, 19th prior to the draft. And after the draft and the subsequent free agent signings, the Eagles are 15th. So that's a good thing that as per Dan Hansus, and again, John, not 
uh, saying that this is the Bible or that this is ridiculous. He's a good football writer, but we don't know um, how he would rank against everybody else. And please feel free to check anywhere else that you really do say, oh, these guys know exactly what they're talking about because everybody has come out with their rankings this week, the power rankings, which, again, really don't mean anything. It's just a good conversational piece because they're actually going to play games. You're going to be able to look at the standings and see what the teams have actually accomplished rather than what someone thinks by ranking them weeks and weeks, if not months, before the season starts. Um, But one team I did take note of, as I said, there's about four or five teams, John, that moved up four slots. One of them is the New Orleans Saints who were 22nd and are now 18th. Your boy, your whipping boy, Mickey Loomis, has improved the status of the New Orleans Saints from 22nd to 18th. Does he explain why? I'll give you one reason why. His name's Honey Badger. And they were able to talk him into going home at a position that they had a need because Marcus Williams up and left. And the Eagles had a position of need, and they didn't win that uh, conversational battle and didn't get Honey Badger here. Now, the Eagles moved up four slots even without Honey Badger, but that might have been the impetus of the Saints actually yeah, moving up by four slots. I don't know. I, you know, uh, people do like splash moves. You know you know that, Jody. And that's one of the reasons the Eagles had Right. The big they had lead. a big splash the, yeah, the first they had a big, of the draft. They had a big splash as well. But I, I will say the Eagle Splash was a 24-year-old ascending player. Um, the Saints Splash was a 29, soon-to-be 30-year-old player who's played a ton and is descending, which is the reason he was on the market as long as he was. But I say this all the time, Jody, and this is not only fans, but certain media people, you know, whoever – you know, once you're a star, they think you're a star forever. It doesn't work like that in the NFL. It moves quickly, moves quicker than any other sport. Um, and I I don't think uh, Honey Badger is a difference maker at this point, but we'll see. He's, he'll have the opportunity uh, to prove. I didn't want him here for that reason. You know, Joe Banner called it the big name trap. Um, now, at a cost-effective price, you know, if he was going to take uh, one year, $7 million, I would have said, yeah, I'll, uh, let's roll the dice. But I wasn't going to give him significant money. I think Bradbury, if he hits the... But let me... Sorry to interrupt, John, but just let me uh, ask you this. Three is $33 million, That's the number. But only 16 of it is guaranteed. So... It's really like a year and a half deal rather than a three-year deal. Did you really think the Saints blatantly overpaid for him? Well, no. It's in essence, it's it's as most contracts, it's a two-year deal for, and then it probably spikes. I haven't seen the the details. It probably spikes in the third year. He'll never see that third year if he's playing right. well. At at you know, best case scenario for him is they'll restructure and give him some more guaranteed money to keep it pushing, pushing, pushing. My estimation is the Eagles didn't want to give him that second year. Um, man, you know, you can argue it. Um, again, the age, he, he's a little bit different because normally 
you, you say 29, that's not that bad, but he's played so much football. I don't think people realize because he entered the league at such a young age. Um, and look, I think the calendar tells you a lot. This is a four-time All-Pro player, right? <laughs> if he were still that player, he wouldn't have been available. He wouldn't have been available. So I think the calendar tells you a lot when when it's uh, about Tyron Math- Matthew. Um, but hey, would he would he be an upgrade here? No doubt. We just talked about safety. And I believe Marcus Epps is their best safety. And as you correctly pointed out, well, that's a low bar. It doesn't mean he's a good safety. It means they're, we're grading on a curve here. Yeah. It means he's the Eagles' best safety. They could use an upgrade at both safety positions is what I'm trying to say. And he would be that. Um, all I can say is I think they wanted him in a one-year deal. And they probably would have gave him $8 million on one year. And they didn't want to give him two years. You can debate whether that's the right decision. Right. And my only thought was I'm more worried about what he was going to be paid in that first year. If it's a two-year deal and you're not eating all that much in the second, who cares? The Eagles do it all well, the time. I know time. the Saints don't. How many, the Saints how many never players, care. How many players <laughs> do the Eagles still have on their salary cap this year that, that they're taking dead cap hits for? Yeah. And play for the Philadelphia Eagles again. It happens to every team. Uh, yeah. But the Saints are more willing to do it than anybody else. Um, the Saints, you know, Mickey should get a T-shirt printed up that says F that cap uh, for F that know. dead money. Yeah. F. Well, the Eagles, hey, the Eagles set the standard on dead money. Um, and and by the way, they took a lot of dead money on for Fletcher Cox this year yeah. by finally resetting his contract. So they're not adverse to taking on dead money. They are adverse to signing veteran players to more than one year. Um, and again, there's different ways that I was just talking about it winning. You know, there's different ways to go about things. And Howie Roseman, Mickey Loomis, perfect example of that. And they've both been pretty successful overall. Um, but I think Howie's a lot better at valuation. But what does that matter at the end of the day, Jody? If you get good players, you get good players. Right. All right, a quickie quiz for you before we get a timeout in and get our uh, second guest up. We're going south, not that far south, down to Delaware. Bob Groats from the Delaware Delco County. Coast. We're not going south. Delaware County, Delco. His, his is uh, outlet uh, slightly south of here, yes. Um, what team do you think? I told you Eagles went up four spots. Ravens went up uh, four spots. Colts went up four spots. I didn't think the Colts had that good a draft. They had them 16th, and now they're up at 12. I think the Eagles are absolutely a is better that, team. Is that the maybe that maybe maybe it was pre Matt Ryan? Is all I can think of. Uh, I think it was. I think they came up with power rating before the draft, and then did them after the uh, draft. So I don't. I don't quite understand that one. But who do you think the biggest dropper was? Well, I can tell you, Vegas thought it was uh, our boy uh, Kwesi, uh, Adopa Mensa. Uh, Vegas, there was only one team um, that went down in Super Bowl odds. So I'm going to say uh, Minnesota. I, I don't think that's accurate. Really? This, this that's team, what I, that's how, but you would know better this than me. Team, this team has to have gone down. I, I should say after the first round. After the first round. Okay. There was only yeah. one team. 
Um, don't know exactly when when they were gauging each of them. No, the biggest loser, the Tennessee Titans. Why? Because AJ Brown's here in Philadelphia. Yeah. That's why they were they were the tenth ranked team, and after the draft, they dropped to the sixteenth ranked team. There were like four or five teams, one of which was the Eagles, who jumped up four slots. The biggest drop was six slots, and that was the Tennessee Titans because Howie Roseman. You're kind of picking on Mickey Loomis. You think Howie took Mickey to task? Oh, I think uh, Howie Roseman took John Robinson, the general manager of the Titans, to the woodshed. And it is showed by at least one man. Well, they got Traylon Burks, though. They got Traylon Burks. I guarantee you the people in Nashville are like, yeah, but we replaced him with Traylon Burks. And And it's funny because you were, I swore you were a Traylon Burks guy. And then you went, yeah, but he's not Debo Samuel. Everyone thinks he's Debo Samuel, but there is one and only one Debo Samuel. Um, I thought you changed your early, early on, um, I I had Traylon rated above uh, a couple of the receivers, but I said I didn't like him for the Eagles because he's a manufactured touch guy, and they've never shown me ed- ed- any evidence. And then I got into that rabbit hole of you you need the coach is going to utilize that type of player as well, and I you know I go down Kyle Shanahan and things like that. But uh, for the Eagles, I didn't think he was a fit. He's got a lot of talent. But, I mean, you can't just assume he's going to be A.J. Brown. I mean, I, that's people do that. And and I'll point to Stephon Diggs. The Vikings traded Stephon Diggs, and they got Justin Jefferson. All right, it worked out for them. It usually doesn't work out. The same team traded Randy Moss and drafted Troy Williamson. That one didn't work out. All right? Uh, you're right. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I don't think uh, Burks is going to be able to step in and be anywhere near that neighborhood of A.J. Brown. All right, he is John McNaughton. I'm Jody McDonald. We are your Mac and Mac guys. Oh, I see him in the green room. He's ready to join us. It's been about five or six weeks since we talked to him as well. Looking forward to chatting with our buddy Bob Groats from the Delco Times. He's next here on Birds 365. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on X. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
Lincoln Financial Field is home to more than just our hometown team. It's a landing place for dreams. Invest in the future of our students from all over Philadelphia and get an exclusive tour of the stadium at the Block's Aspire to Dreams Gala, hosted by Brian Taff of 6ABC. While we aspire to build, our students aspire to dream. Join us for the Block's Gala on Thursday, May 5th at Lincoln Financial Field. Seats are limited, so reserve yours today at blocks.org slash gala. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, guys, here on Birds 365. A couple of minutes ago, we had uh, Mike Dell from the Sports Pass down 97-3 down the shore. And he was a Ray of Sunshine guy. He was a yeah. full guy. Glasses hat full, yeah. Hey, can you guys speed this up a little bit? I, I got to get to the championship parade. <laughs> yeah, he was going down that road a little bit. Uh, that Jalen Rager is going to be Nelson Aguilar. Third year, come to fruition kind of guy. He does, I, I'm not telling you it's going to happen. I'm just hoping that it happens. Well, I'm hoping Jalen Hurts becomes Josh Allen. I don't think that's going to happen either, but he was Mr. Uh, sunny Side of Life. That's why we had to bring Bob Groats on to balance yeah. the scales a little. What bit. What is the best spot if you want to get a good good look at the parade, Bob? Because uh, we should start getting planning for that early. Oh, I definitely am. I'm going down there. I, you know, I, I prefer the south side of, of Broad Street, you know, to, to get the, the proper flavor. But um, it, it's going to be fantastic. And um, I've already requested to, to work those days just to make sure that they don't coincide with days off. So uh, <laughs> what a draft. What a draft. Oh, man. The best draft. Now you've been covering this team for a long time. I assume this is the best draft haul you've ever seen. Uh, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, he had to do that to me. Yeah. Well, I, I, here's what I can say. They they got they traded a pick for a wide receiver, and and that's an admission that we don't know how to draft wide receivers. You know, they got lucky with Devonte Smith. By the way, they're right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. They they got lucky with Devonte Smith. Um, they, I mean, they knew he was a talent, but they got lucky moving up. The Cowboys, they needed a break from the Cowboys to jump over the Giants to get there. So, but, uh, so that, I mean, if you want to grade your draft on, on getting a guy like that, uh, fine. It, it was a, it was a great draft because that guy can play and, um, there's no doubt about it. What do we know about, uh, Jordan Davis? Not a lot. I, I looked at the stats from the, the championship game and, and stats don't always tell the story, but, uh, he didn't have an overwhelming game. So, 
and uh, and I I appreciate what um, what was said discreetly about um, Georgia having so many defensive guys that uh, they had to find roles for all of them, so they all had to play a few snaps. But uh, I you know I I get that, and then I don't because if, if you're not playing your best guys when you should and playing to their strengths, I mean, what is that? I mean. <laughs> And let's be honest, too, about that national championship game. Let me throw a little sunshine on that. If Jameson <laughs> Williams hadn't been hurt, guess what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was tearing that's, it up. That's a good point. He, he was. He was tearing it. I mean, he. I yeah. think he had five or six catches and, and bang. So, but, uh, you know, they need a receiver, uh, A.J. Brown, and, uh, and they paid him. They paid him a lot of money. And that's going to be interesting once um, – once uh, the season, Devontae starts. Smith, uh, yeah. uh, coming down the pike, and you know we'll see how the targets get. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, because AJ Brown is is Jalen's guy, right? Yes, how could he you is. not notice that? Yeah, yes, he is. I mean, you don't you don't give him a hundred million dollars if he's not your number one, and uh, so it's going to be. And, and let uh, we can also say this: J, uh, Devontae Smith has been around wide receiver rooms with a lot of talent, and uh, and they've worked out. The only the only, the deal is here though that this is Nick Sirianni who's going to be managing this, not Nick Saban. So this is going to that that's some drama to look at down the road, and, and that's that's if they decide they're going to throw the ball. <laughs> they better. Oh, they're, they're, they're they better. The they 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 pretty much established that. I know we haven't seen it, but that that'd be a really good but, bet. But who's established it, Howie? <laughs> By getting this guy? Oh, he's in yeah. charge. He's yeah. In charge. Yeah. yeah. And and he and Nick are boys. They're hand in hand. Every time they do a press conference together, you can see how kumbaya they are. So I don't think there'll be any debate as to uh, how much they do throw it or how much they don't throw it. And I will say this, too, uh, about the two Eagle draft picks that come from the University of Georgia and checking their stats to see if they they get teams off the field in three plays. One, two, three, punt. You can't get that many tackles for loss or overall tackles or big plays if the other team is only running three plays at a time. Not, That's not how good against, their defense was. Yeah, One, not two, a, three, go ahead, grab a spot on the sideline. Not get against Alabama, It wasn't that way. Yeah, they Alabama. did get, you know, to be yeah. fair to Bob, Jody, they did get waxed by Alabama in the SEC championship game. And I did forget he brought and then up. they turned around and got the better of Alabama. Yeah, but Jamison did get hurt early, and they were kind of moving the football well early in that game, and then the injury, and that kind of uh, uh, manifested itself to Alabama, he, kind yeah. of falling off. But 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 here's my deal with with the draft. Okay, this draft was full of wide receivers, it was full of uh, cornerbacks, and it was full of uh, edge rushers. All right, and, and it was depth. There wasn't. A lot of great players at the top. <clears throat> so what did they come out of it with? <clears throat> Excuse me, a center, a linebacker, and um, and you know they traded up to get Jordan Davis, not an edge guy, but uh, yeah, he. I mean, <clears throat> a guy that can make an impact. And they didn't even have a pick in the fourth or sixth round when the. Yeah. the well, they had to give up those picks, but yeah, I don't the care. Third day of the draft. Who so cares? They, they used, three picks. Come yeah, on. They, they went in the draft with ten picks. And they, they picked six times, and that's because they traded their fifth-round pick for two picks. So, I mean, what is that how you get traded on, a, on, graded on a draft? I mean, they were so – they realized how ridiculous that was, and they traded back into uh, the sixth round for a couple of guys. So, 
I mean, th- this draft had a lot of depth, and it, it's a, how you develop these guys too. So, uh, but they they got the they got the wide receiver that that seemed to be the priority. And I thought that, it was a big get, and, and, and yeah, and the defensive the defensive tackle. We'll, we'll right. see if he can dominate. I, I, if you look at the video, the highlight video of Jordan Davis, he was just bigger than everybody. I mean, you know, that, that's those tackles for losses. In the NFL, that might it might play a little bit differently. You know, he, he's a tall guy too. He's he's he very tall. Yeah. That's my. But you look at the the highlights like for Nicobe Dean, Bob, and it looks great. But look who's in front of him for the vast majority of it. It's Jordan Davis taking up half the field, so he can run through run through holes. So it kind of works both ways. Yeah, Nicobe Dean is kind of small though, and um, yeah, those those injury. Those injury red flags, we'll see how that plays out. Um, he gets hurt a lot. So I, he, I think he had two – he had four tackles in that championship game against Alabama. And, you know, the guy who had the most tackles was, was Lewis Sign, the safety that they Lewis, passed up yeah. to get Kelsey's Lewis. successor, you know. So yeah. it, it's Sine. interesting. Now, he went, uh, he went 32. He was a first-round pick, Lewis Sign. Oh, he did? He, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe that was – but you know what? I say maybe that was a little high. How do I know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what that's what kills me about the draft. Oh, yeah. Shouldn't have gone that high. Shouldn't, shouldn't have gone, gone that low. Yeah. But you know what was kind of funny too was the Eagles. They they said that uh they would have drafted Nicobe Dean where they took uh yeah, well, letter off the board. Yeah. So I'm they're not saying right that. there that they didn't yeah. they didn't know what their board was telling I'm not them. You know? Now well to- Shane Shane Steichen was texting Nick Sirianni. Hey, Cam Jurgens <laughs> is on the board. JG was texting him, hey, Nicobe Dean was on the board. They magically got them both. Magically. Well, you're supposed to listen to your board. I don't know what their board was telling them, you know. They did all that work stacking the board. And, oh, by the way, this Andy Weidel, I think he's better than I than uh, I had thought. So that's going to be uh, yeah. and, an and, he'll be, and he'll be gone before the week is over. As yeah. soon as as yeah. soon as Bob Groats warms up to him, see yeah. you later. Bye. I'm going to get myself to Pittsburgh. You're right, but but uh, Howie knows how to pick good guys. You know, he knows how to pick good football guys to put around him. So and and let's be honest too about the actual draft with Howie. What he does best is know the value of the players that are on the board. He. I mean, he's uh, you gotta you gotta give him that. I mean, he knows when guys are going to come off the board and what what all the values are, and that that is his day, the draft. So, yeah. but um, you know, you know, he's not. Did he? Did, was it a Kevin Costner type type draft on draft day, the movie? No. We had a I, lot of I, Kevin Costner. I don't Kevin think, Costner. I don't think the Jacksonville GM actually from the movie exists in the NFL. Yeah. Does Jody know my Kevin Costner? Does Ke- Jody know my Kevin Costner story at the Super Bowl? I like think he knows know. mine, but I don't I don't yeah. I don't I don't know if he knows yours. They had a press conference for draft day the movie. Yeah. Kevin Costner, right? Jennifer Garner, all the guys were up there. Was Jennifer so, Garner there? Oh, she oh, sure was. She was unbelievable. She sure was. Yeah. Uh, striking. Yeah. I saw yeah. her on Radio Row. I was like, uh I, you know, by the way, in Minneapolis, too, I have to give a shout out to Maria Menounos, who was also uh, striking in person. Yeah. But go ahead, Bob. Yeah. But, so they're doing the photo op at the end of the press conference. And all the, you know, those New York guys, Jody, they're all like, Jennifer, Jennifer, look over here. Look over here. <laughs> and she wouldn't look. Toward, I was at the other side. So, you know what I said? 
Jennifer, Jennifer, look over here. And I got my camera and I video. <laughs> Bang. And you can hear me on the video saying that. Shameless. But a, a crowning, one of the crowning moments in my Did she career. look over at you, though? Did yes, you get a good shot? One yes. of the crowning moments in my career as a photojournalist. Well, she must have known you were a Philly guy. Yeah. I, I can picture her. Now, as a my, my, let, me, let me throw in my Costner story. I was upstairs in, in the, in the media room and I'm just going to, you know, I, I think I had a, a, a couple of waters and I had to go to the men's room to do a little oh. business. And, uh, uh, I was told, uh, I couldn't go into the men's room because, uh, Mr. Costner is in there. <laughs> so I had to wait for this guy. He needed the whole restroom to himself because he's Kevin Costner. So that's my Kevin Costner story. And uh, along those same lines, uh, my old partner, my other Mac buddy, Glenn Mac now likes to tell one of his favorite stories. He was in a men's room who came in to use the urinal next to him. Wayne Gretzky. The great one said, I got to go. I got to go. Yeah. I don't care who's standing next to me. Yeah. Kevin Costner gets the bathroom to himself. That's somewhat impressive. Uh, I was in there once and McMullen came in, but uh, I, I wasn't. <laughs> Never mind. He, yeah. he doesn't tell that story to friends often. No. So we're glad he shared it with us here on Birds 365. Hey, uh, you got to give Howie credit for one more thing. He stays the course. Should anybody be shocked that the Eagles' first two picks in the draft were both in the trenches? They took an offensive, defensive lineman and an offensive lineman. That's Howie Roseman. He doesn't move off that philosophy that you build a football team from the inside out, and he did it with his first two picks again, even if Bob Groats doesn't like the fact that they took a center in the second round. Yeah, well, they, they went into the draft with 10 picks, and they – how many picks did they make? Six? Five. Five, five. five picks? Yeah. I mean, what is that? <laughs> Come on, man. It gives them that it, much it, more room for undrafted free agents. Receiver, Don't you have faith in Howie with the I give him the receiver. What was it, four picks to move up for a guy, a marginal, you know, elite guy in that draft? I mean, if, if you wanted to move up, why didn't you move into the top five and get Trayvon Walker? Well, you wouldn't uh, have got Trayvon Walker. I don't have any problem with them giving up day three picks to get uh, difference makers, potential difference well, makers. Well, there were a lot of guys. There were a lot of – there you, was a lot you, of – You have to count A.J. Brown in it as well. So you get six players. You give up a bunch of slap you-know-whats. No no picks three. in the fourth round. They could have got Sam Howell and created a quarterback controversy. They got Carson they got, Strong. Got Carson Strong was going to be better than Sam Howell. Oh, yeah. please. <laughs> Write that down, Groats. For, don't forget, yeah. you heard it here first. Yeah. Carson Strong better than Sam Howell. I was thinking about that the other day, Jody. You know, a guy that three two teams passed on seven seven times in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I see it. I, 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 I feel it, baby. Sam, Sam Howell four times in a row. I feel yeah. it. I feel it. Yep. All right. We'll see well, about yeah. Sam Howell. All right. Uh, Bob Groats, are you bummed that you're not going to Mexico City this year? Yeah. Uh, Yes and no, because I, I got the passport. <laughs> I just don't have the passage. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm I glad because I don't have to. I my I have to get the I have to get my passport uh, uh, renewed. So I have to do a lot of paperwork. So I was glad it was San Francisco going to Mexico City, not the Philadelphia Eagles. So we get to go to Arizona, Bob Gross. Oh, that, that's a, that's a marquee trip, too. Yeah. That's Arizona. not a bad trip. I can yeah. live with that trip. Oh, that's a great trip. Yeah. 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 
That's an extra take an extra day trip because I couldn't get a cheaper flight back. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, making, uh, saving money for his employers. That's why we love Bob Groats. All right. Um, this upcoming weekend is rookie minicamp, right? It's Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. yeah. By the way, uh, Bob, are you going down today? We're going to get some veteran players. I'm going to try and get down. I got to do the Phillies tonight. So I'm, I'm kind of double duty between the two. Yeah. I might get Jalen Hurts today. You never know. Yeah. I, I would like to hear what he has to say. That That's, um, yeah. And, and, you know, maybe they're right about uh, – maybe Howie was right about Jalen Hurts. Um, maybe he was. I mean, we'll, this year is going to be uh, – it's going to be fun to see if um, he can he, – if he's more accurate, you know, makes better decisions, doesn't – Got better better supporting cast. Yeah. There's no yeah. more excuses for Jalen He's, he's got a receiver who's not going to drop the ball, you know. Well, hey, A.J. <laughs> Brown, look at his <laughs> – Look at his drop percentage last year. It went up. Was that because they didn't have their running back for a, a chunk of the year? And they had to, you know, they had to force the ball to him more? Or was that, what What was that? So, I, I think Ryan he's Tannehill? A, I was going to say, we'll, how big a Ryan Tannehill fan are you? Uh, yeah, not not big. He did no, get him no. to a Super Bowl, but, well, the running back got him to a Super Bowl and Vrabel. And, and that's the no, other thing with A.J. Brown – if did Vrabel, I did I did I miss Tennessee Super Bowl? You did. You did. They, oh, I mean, he, he got, got him to the, the number one championship. Game. Yeah, yeah, conference champ. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, he got him to a number one seed last year as well. Uh, it's been a good football team, but yeah, uh, yeah. If if Vrabel likes you, and he loved AJ Brown, he said he was going to be on the team. If Vrabel loves you, you know that that's a great thing. There, there's your there's your scouting report right there. All right, I'm going to ask you to go past the scouting report and go to the crystal ball. When the Eagles get their rookies in this upcoming weekend, what competition will Nick Sirianni be running? Does he go to arm wrestling to make sure his first and second round picks do well in comparison to the other uh, first year players the Eagles will be bringing in? Because I'm thinking uh, Jordan Davis and Beef Jerky will be the best at uh, arm wrestling. Uh, or do you think he goes with something a little bit more uh, esoteric? Yeah, now it, it is it's kind of it's kind of unusual when you go in there. Even the auditorium, I mean, you're you're picking up little remnants of uh, Nick Sirianni here and there, like the basketball goal and backboard. Yeah, you know who knows what that's going to look like at the end of the year. You know, oh, it's already all beaten up a little bit. Uh, no, I mean, bricks, a lot of bricks thrown up there. It's like what other props shooting will, in Miami? What other props are going to be in there by the end of the year? I mean, it, there might not be room for anybody to to sit in the seats. You know, there could be. They start moving that stuff in there, but you know that's that's they got to uh, bring the tether ball thing in there. Yeah, play a little tether nice. ball. Play yeah. a little, yeah. Do some of that. Uh, as as long as there are no bow and arrows, as, I would as, as, I, I as, would be nervous for my buddy Howard Eskin if they went the bow and arrows. I, I he could get the you're probably end, you're probably right. Short end that of that one. stick, and I don't want to see Howard get hurt. So. Uh, uh, stick stick to the rock paper. Stick. Although as far as rookie camp, as far as I, you know, by the way, the Eagles run the offseason program now. I think the guys are just coming in to get measured for their shrink wrap, uh, and that's about it. And and then yeah. we'll see them in training camp. I mean, uh, what do you think of this offseason program? One of only two teams, Bob Groats, the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals. 
we're not having a mandatory minicamp. What do you think of this Eagles philosophy? Yeah, I, I, I don't like it. You, you gotta, you gotta get those guys together. And if you want to see how competitive they are, and I, Nick hasn't said anything about it, but uh, I'm sure he doesn't like this idea of no contact. Yeah, you want to avoid injuries, but uh, th- there's not that many uh, injuries at, at a mini camp. And um, and I, you know, they they did this last year too. With, yeah. Uh, with the, but they still had the COVID excuse last year. Yeah. Yeah. And and and, um, and then in the preseason, they didn't play anybody in the preseason. What did Hertz get like eight or nine snaps? Yeah. You know, yeah. And then I mean, I, I don't like it. I don't like this idea. I think you got to play to to see what you have and to get better. And uh, you don't have to play a whole preseason game, but you got to be out there longer than what they were last year. That that's that'll be fun to see too, what they what they're gonna do with that. But that kind of tells you, you know, this whole injury thing. They're they're so afraid of getting hurt. You know, I mean, I don't I don't like it. I need you to uh, chime in on this because John and I are a little bit on opposite ends. He doesn't seem all that uh, bummed by the fact that the Hardy Badger ended up in New Orleans rather than here in Philadelphia. I, I don't think he signed an outrageous deal. Three years, thirty three million, only eighteen of it guaranteed, which makes it a two-year deal, and depending on how you structure it, maybe it's even only a one-year deal that you could take a cap hit and get out if he's just not nearly as good and there is a major drop-off in his production this year. I think the Eagles missed out, and I think the Saints did well to sign him. How about you? Yeah, I, you look at the look at the offseason and the free agents that they got. Hassan Reddick, he's kind of a local guy, and uh, they got him at a good price. I don't think anybody really still wants to come here yet. A.J. Brown had no choice. He signed a contract. I mean, Deshaun Watson didn't want to come here. Uh, Russell Russell Wilson, he didn't want to come here. I think AJ wanted to come here because of his relationship with with John. Well, I think he I would think have he preferred to, to stay think, in Tennessee. Yeah, he but, wanted to stay with Rabel. Yeah, and but, uh, I mean, he, he he was insulted by their contract. Yeah, you know, yeah. they lowballed him. So, but uh, yeah, I mean. So that doesn't surprise me with the honey badger. And then there were other guys too. There were some other receivers, right? That didn't. That oh uh, yeah, they long just, laundry list. Of receivers. They kicked the tires on. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not a preferred destination. I'm not going to blame that all on Hertz, but uh, the fact of the matter is that uh, you know their their passing game is you know if you're a receiver, why would you want to play for the Eagles right now until they they've showed you that they can throw the ball efficiently and come on and, zach paschal came in he didn't he, zach paschal could have gone anywhere he said let me get back with coach sirianni come on you're not doing uh, justice to zach. here we go again zach paschal bob blocked me on social media and jody's <laughs> the one who kills him all the time i'm like what are you doing to me zach come on oh, well, that's close circuit this i forgot all about him yeah yeah he could make a difference um but I, you know, are, are they are they going to throw the ball this year? It, it, I, you would expect them to. to do it with with uh, AJ, and you got Goddard too. I mean, you got to get the ball to him. There, there's there's your biggest weapon right there. I mean, that yeah, guy. He he look, is a he yeah. Is when they best. get him the ball, he's hard. I mean, he gets ten yards just on his the length. You know, it takes ten yards to tackle him. You know, two guys. So right. But John made a great point, Bob. Want to get your take on this the other day. One of those sixth-round picks, which I think McMullen just called them slap somethings previously in this hour, 
uh, was Calcaterra, the tight end that they dra- that they uh, drafted. Who was it? Oklahoma looked like he could be a non-slap something player, uh, but then he got too many concussions. Had to step. You're gonna away get from me blocked game. again, Jody. You're gonna get great, me blocked from great the whole scouting thing. reports on him. Yeah, yeah. yeah he had to he had to step away from the game. Came back, but he's a receiving tight end. He's not the kind of guy that you're going to play in line and have him adding to your run blocking, which means that much more Goddard in line doing the run blocking and the like. They just gave him a real nice contract and paid him good money. Do you really want him getting beat up doing run blocking that much inside? I would rather have him as the outside tight end. If I was looking at another tight end, I'd be looking for a big beefy blocking guy. I don't understand the Calcaterra pick, did you? Yeah, well, they'll figure that out. I mean, that they'll, but, uh, and, you know, the good thing about Calcaterra is, too, if, if anything catches on fire at the Novacare complex, <laughs> he'll know what to do, you know. You, you just, all you have to do is beep him or text him or whatever. He'll, you know, he'll know what to do, you know. Uh, two alarms, three alarms, four, you know, whatever. The Danny, he'll, the Danny he'll make Watch the appropriate decision. He yeah. seems like a great guy. He does. Yeah. What, a, what a great story, too. What a, what a great story. Yeah, walked away from the game, came back, learned more about the concussion issues. But all right, you he's an EMT too. He got his EMT yes, certification. Yes. So, um, so he's got a future. Even yeah, if, if Martin comes, Florida. if Martin comes to practice one day after running a marathon, and it's real humid, and he he collapses. Yeah, it's more likely to be <laughs> me than Martin. Over yeah. here, you Howard Eskin doesn't have to save yeah. him. This guy can, you know. Ho- hopefully, Calcaterra can save us. I'm all. kidding, Martin. Um, and Martin finished the Broad Street run. He, you know, that was a, that was a, uh, after doing the draft. Wow. Yeah. After doing the draft, he's a, he's an Iron Man. Martin's going to be on the show Friday. How he so. strut around for three days. Yeah. He ran the marathon. Yeah. God bless him. He's got uh, a lot of strength. I, I don't yeah. think I could drive the distance of the Broad Street run. I told him know. to pull a, a Rosie Ruiz and just stay at the Novacare complex and walk out at the finish line. Uh, and and you know throw a little water over your head and say eh, I'm here, see if see if it works out. Yeah, you uh, can't do that unless you're on the list. Yeah, to yeah. get in. Yeah, I think uh, I thought Jody would get that reference. Rosie, Ru- no, no, I Rosie knew your Ru- reference. Uh, right. Oh, sorry, um, if I didn't smile enough. All right, uh, Delco Times Bob Groats at Bob Groats, co-host of the Pro Football Report as well with our buddy Merrill Reese. Um, Final question for you, Bob, from me, Catherine Rage. She's gone now. She's going to Cleveland with Andrew Berry. Eagles keep losing executives. They might not be a desirable option for people to come here, but people are looking to pick them clean when it comes to the front office. Um, Andy Waddle might go to Pittsburgh. We still don't know. How big of a deal is this? Already losing Ian Cunningham and Brandon Brown, Catherine Raich. Yeah, I, I think she, you know, I don't know. It's a real subtle difference, I think, that she made. But but I, I think she made a difference. You could tell, like, all the, the people that were coming in and off the waiver wire and all that stuff. It was very – it was interesting. Um, I think she I think she was decent. I, I can't tell for sure. But uh, how, he, how he knows how to hire good people, I mean – and uh, the owner, he has no problem putting up money to, to get him. I mean, why else would you come here? I mean, uh, you, you could say you could come here to develop good football people, yeah, but you got to pay him too. 
So he does that. And Andrew Barry, you know, another guy that you spoke about, um, you know, Cleveland got to the, the playoffs for the first time in what? Long time. Yeah. Uh, a couple years ago. And, um, yeah. and, and to get to Sean Watson and to, to figure that out. Wow. I mean, that, that took some, um, some doing. I listened to that press conference with Andrew Barry and Deshaun Watson and, and Barry was uh, just outstanding the way he described everything. And, and he had to tiptoe around things and he was real transparent and as much as he could be. Um, so, but we'll see what happens there in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. That that's going to be, you know, and we'll see what happens with the, uh, you know, how long he's suspended. It, it sure seems like he's going to get at least a few games. So, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But uh, that guy's the Deshaun. What, what a, what a talent. I mean, and um, you know, but you know, hey, next draft, you guys. Howie Roseman is going to bring in a, a quarterback, right? Okay, yeah. you got Carson Wentz. He, he was going almost too positive there for a minute. He had yeah. to run Jalen Hurts out of town before we. Uh, we got already Carson got a quarterback. Carson, Carson Strong, baby. We got a Carson. Carson yeah. Strong. Okay, we'll, we'll see right. about that. All right, last one for me, BG. Uh, after you avoid sharing the men's room with John McMullen today, so you never have to admit oh, to doing it again, uh, and you make your way over to Citizens Bank Park, they're going to get a good outing out of Zach Wheeler tonight? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think the Rangers really hit the ball, do they, Jody? They're not... Uh, they scored a sixth spot last night. Yeah, they did last night, but, uh, you know, the, the pitcher... I listened to Ricky Botalico, and he said that, uh, you know, you've got to... You got to get more movement on your pitches, or you know, you got to make them look like strikes, even though they're not strikes. So. What what is first pitch? That's the key to me. Six forty five. I'm going to yeah. be out of there. All right, that's all that matters. Yeah, they go. Right. Yeah. They go oh yeah, yeah. And that only lasts till the end of May. Those six forty fives. I like that idea. I don't know how you feel about that, Jody. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Uh, it means I got to get on earlier after the game because <laughs> I come on after the games are over and done with. So it means a I, little I like bit more work. But still, starts early is cool by me. Um, have yourself uh, some Bye, ice cream. Guys. Get some ice cream when you're down there, Gross. Yeah. What flavor are you going for? Oh, I, I'm not the I'm not the ice cream guy. You're not I'm the not. ice cream guy. Not before I write. Yeah, I, I'd never no. write a story. I just, you got to go in the bathroom if you get stuff the, in my little, face. Little too cream. much lactose intolerance. Yeah. You don't want to go. You don't want to be disturbing Mr. Costner. Always a pleasure, guys. I Thank can't God. wait for the can't wait for that next draft either. Yeah, it's kind only, of be... only 350. When's your, uh, when's your 2023 mock draft coming out? Uh, it's tomorrow, all, it's already tomorrow? out. Yeah, it's already out. It's all already right. out. I got the Eagles trading back. Yeah, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't get the quarterback that they wanted. <laughs> you know, these, these are very fluid things. Guys. Oh, gross, you are a panic. <laughs> all right, Bobby, thanks. You. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Bobby. Bob. That's Bob Groats, Delco Times. I'm sorry, he makes me laugh. He's a cynical SOB, and we love him because of it. John McMullen, Jordan McDonald, hanging out with you on Birds 365. We got to come back and put a bow on the show.
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Lincoln Financial Field is home to more than just our hometown team. It's a landing place for dreams. Invest in the future of our students from all over Philadelphia and get an exclusive tour of the stadium at the Blocks Aspire to Dreams Gala, hosted by Brian Taff of 6ABC. While we aspire to build, our students aspire to dream. Join us for the Blocks Gala on Thursday, May 5th at Lincoln Financial Field. Seats are limited, so reserve yours today at blocks.org slash gala. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. McMullen McDonald here with you on Verge 365. Thanks for not only tuning in, thanks for staying here. And while you're at it, please hit that like button, like, share, and subscribe. Your pals here, Mac and Mac on Verge 365. I got to give you credit, John McMullen, because you booked today's two guests. And you talk about balance. You talk about the yin and the yang of it. Uh, We have our buddy Mike Gill who comes on and actually goes down the road of Jalen Rager could be this year's uh, Nelson Aguilar in year number three. I had to just double check to make sure. Nelson Aguilar in his second year had 36 catches, 365 yards, two touchdowns. First round draft pick. In his third year, the Super Bowl winning year, his numbers went up to 62 receptions, 768 yards, and eight touchdowns. Massive improvement. Yeah, Jalen Rager's doing that this year. He actually suggested it's a possibility. I think it's got two chances to happen. Slim and none. Uh Uh-oh, none won. Um, So uh, he went the very optimistic glass half full uh, direction. And then we get our boy, Bob Groats, who comes on and says, you know, Georgia defense, if Williams hadn't gotten hurt, they, they might be the most dominant defense in college football, certainly in a decade, maybe two, 
and he's minimizing the Georgia defense that the Eagles took two of their first three draft picks from in Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean. Man, what a wet blanket. So he had the overly optimistic guy followed by the overly pessimistic guy. That's a good job by you, McMahon, booking both of those guys. Yeah, I, I didn't think of that, but it worked out that way. Uh, but yeah. How can you not love Bob? I, you know, Mike's not usually that optimistic either. Um, I, when you say slim and none with Jalen Rager, I would tell you the only way is injuries. I mean, that's the only way he's even getting on the field. Um, and, and who knows if he takes off, I still think it's more likely than not the Howie Roseman will come to the realization that it's not worth it. Just, you know, move on, get what you can get, but we'll see how it shakes out. Um, When the the Eagles wide receiver five is a former Olympic athlete rather than Jalen Rager, that will tell you the chance of him. Come on. You're, you're overlooking your guy, Greg Ward too. I mean, I've I've given up on Greg Ward and not because of Greg, because I just don't think the current Eagles coaching staff is a fan of his. He's ahead of, he's ahead of Devin Allen though. I mean, Devin uh, Allen. Watch out for Devin Allen. Devin Allen Maybe could a go kick by returner. Greg Ward. He could go by Jalen Rager on that depth chart. Maybe as a kick returner, not a receiver. He, he might be here to be a kick returner, punt returner. If he can, I don't even know if he can return punts, but they'll give him a chance to be a returner and then uh, play special teams. Uh, and and I, I feel bad that I've given up my presidency as the Greg Ward yeah. club, but man. I just uh, I don't see it. I think the Eagles. Come. I warned I'm you. actually a little surprised. That I'm surprised they brought him back. To same here. I thought yeah. that it was a done deal that he was moving on, and if he's going to be in the league, he's going to be somewhere else. But they well, they I, like him as a as a as a person, as a leader, as a as a worker. They like all that stuff, but they just don't think he's got enough speed to be on the field consistently. And they've added a pretty good wide receiver in A.J. Brown. Uh, so I don't think that uh, his position on the Eagles is not long for this uh, world once camp actually opens. So what do you got today? You're in over to the Novacare Complex? You got yeah. player availability? Yeah, a little bit uh, veteran players. We don't know who. I assume one of them is going to be Jalen Hurts. But uh, it's going to be some of the veteran guys. So probably Kelsey, Graham, you know, the regular Fletcher maybe. Um but you would certainly think the quarterback would be among them. So we'll get to talk to Jalen Hurts. Not that Jalen ever says that much, but it's it's good to see the quarterback. And I do want to, you know, he went out to Southern California. Nick Sirianni said to work with, I believe, Tom House and Adam. You know how to pronounce his name, Jody? It's Daydu. He used to be a, a, a pitcher with the Dodgers. It's D E D. Uh, E-A-U-X. Um, uh, Dado. Dado. I think that um, is, uh, is he the son of the former Arizona State baseball coach, Rod Dado? I think possible. So. I don't know. But he's become a big-time sort of quarterback doctor with throwing mechanics, him and Tom, Tom House uh, out in South Carolina, uh, Southern California. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if Jalen did that on his own or if that was sort of an Eagles, um, you know, decree go out and work with these guys. So that, you know, a little bit of probably inside baseball, as I like to say, but interesting 
in, in to see what the offseason plan for improvement was. Inside baseball, having baseball guys teach a quarterback how to throw a football. I don't even know if you meant that, but, <laughs> but I did pick up on it. Um, last thing, and I got this from one of my better callers last night. I hadn't even thought along those lines, so let me ask you. Apparently, the Eagles spoke to Jason Kelsey before they decided to pick beef jerky with their pick in the second round. And uh, Kelsey was all for it and glowing reviews and uh, added to the uh, thought process that this was the pick the Eagles had to make, which I'd rather have him uh, chiming in on what the Eagles should actually do in a draft than Doc Rivers asking his players who he should be playing at center with him beat out. DeAndre Jordan. I realize, look, I think Doc Rivers is going to be fired after the Sixers lose this series, but he may have, he may have him beat injury cover. Well, that's true, but I will, but I will say this. It isn't Doc Rivers fault. You can't make a damn jump shot. I mean, you know, their, their shooting from three was ridiculous. This last question and we got to wrap. Do you believe the Eagles called Fletcher Cox? No. To their acquisition of their no. defensive tackle. No. Go, hey, Fletch, we got a guy who may be able to replace you someday. What do you think? In fact, I think the Jason part was more of, uh, this is probably it for me. So you might want to consider drafting a center. I think it was more than that. Um, but yeah, no, you can't listen to players when it comes to player evaluation. And how he even scaled that back. He said, look, we respect Jason, but we got to we got to make our decisions. It was interesting. I know we got to go. Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee was talking yesterday, and he gave the because Malik Willis got drafted there in the third round. He got the question, "Do you want a mentor?" He's like, "That's not my job." He gave the Brett Barb answer. I um, I never had a problem with Favre no, doing that. Neither do I. You know, compete. You know, if he learns something because I do my job correctly, I had I didn't have a problem with it at all. Um. It's goopy to expect players to mentor players who are, you know, geared to take their job. Take their job. Yeah, Doesn't make no, sense. No issue whatsoever with Farm on that. All right, partner, I say we try this again 22 hours from now. You up for it? Let's do it, Jody. The Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys will be back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.